0: Love Talk Radio. The Allen Elford Sports Talk
1: Show. The Allen Elford Sports Talk Show. Your host is here for the show tonight to interview our special guest, Oh, ho,
2: everybody to another great episode of the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. Glad to be with you. So glad that you guys are joining us here tonight. It's the first of the month, September 1st. Hope everybody's okay in the Florida area after that hurricane. But we're going to go ahead and make sure that we go ahead and have a great Friday night show for you. And we're going to get this show started off right. Our phone number tonight is 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. We're having a fantastic show for you tonight. And definitely the show wouldn't be the right show unless we go ahead and give thanks to our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So I want to thank Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce for being our great sponsor. You can go ahead and get a four-pack of his great barbecue sauce. You can get Fusion, Heat Wave, Classic, and Honey Mustard all at flbbqsauce.com. Again, that's flbbqsauce.com. He has some great rubs, and you can also visit his brand new location at 301 South 22nd Street right there in Tampa, Florida. Can't miss him. So thank you, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. In fact, we're going to go ahead and play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. By Sam Scola. We'll do that now. And we'll continue the show. Going to have another great treat for you a bit later. Another debut song by Sam Scola. The NFL football. To kickstart the NFL season. We'll play that a bit later. But for now, it's Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce by Sam Scola.
1: in full variety, chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor, chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and Florida barbecue sauce, serve on fish and vegetables, chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, chef Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce.
2: Cookout treat, that's right, for Labor Day. You have time to go see him at the location to get your four-pack. But what we're going to go ahead and do now, thank you, Sam Solo, for that great song. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. We're going to bring on a great caller. We'll do that for you right now on the Alan Alfred Sports talk Show. Hey, how you doing, Lou? and yeah, thanks, Alan. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Sam, for oh, the you-
0: opening.
3: <laughs> <laughs> how you been? All right. Yeah, and, so you know, life is great. Big, big sports week. Is, we got a big sports week uh, coming up. Sports month, I should say. You know, we got college football. Our first NFL pick is coming up this weekend. Nice. Well, uh, tomorrow, I should say. And a whole bunch of us. So, uh, tennis, FIBA, you know, we've got it. So it's going to be a busy week for me.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's going to be very busy. So a lot of things going on this yeah, weekend.
3: You know, and I just, found, I just found out something. Sure. And I'm not making this up. I know you're going to all think I'm nuts, but NLB is going to keep the pitch clock rules in it for the postseason.
2: They're going to keep the pitch count rule? Yep. You know what? I I like the pitch count rule. I'm not a, opposed against it. You know, I actually like it. I think it speeds up play. and makes it lot more lot. interesting. Yeah. I, you know, that was one of the if things they're that they're I would have to know. say.
3: Because as you know, that the postseason games are notoriously have gone long for whatever reason. So this is gonna is gonna be a good this is gonna be a you know a good factor, and maybe people will
2: be able to stay awake to see the entire game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having games go into one o'clock in the morning that's ridiculous. I mean, I love sports and everything, but come on now, yeah. that's just too much. I love it, the pitch exactly. count. I love the bigger bases. I actually, you know, I wasn't s- slamming those changes. No. I actually w- welcomed them, and I, they actually worked better than I thought they were.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're the few of the purest. Like, what are you doing in the game? Look, like, the game isn't what it used to be anyway, so.
2: You brought up so a great point,
3: Lou. Yeah. Like, what are you doing to the game? We're trying to make it better, people. You can argue all you want. Oh, that's not real baseball. It's just it's this and that. You get rid of the pitch clock rule. What is this? Football? What is this? Basketball? We don't need a pitch clock rule. Uh, maybe you do, but the thing is, why did you wait 150 years to to, to do that happen?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Lou, because that's right. I mean, baseball to me was over before 98 came with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. It was a dying sport. It really was. It yeah. was, you know, it was a dying sport. I mean, and you're talking from a guy who. Baseball growing up was my number one sport over all the other right, sports.
0: Really.
2: You know, I, I played more baseball than any sport. It's just, I felt my dream was to be a second baseman, you know, and In this team. but it's just, it, it's just that baseball was dying. And unless you were like six foot three taking steroids, it was gonna be hard for you to make it to the major leagues. Yeah. Which team did you but, want to
3: play for anyway?
2: I wanted to play for the Yankees. I wanted to play for the Yankees in second Bartman, base. Bartman. Yeah. That that was my so dream. It, was wasn't being, it wasn't football being it wasn't being the captain of the team, second base.
3: Yeah. Well what I gonna say the safe for this year because you know uh well we did have a little winning streak um that got interrupted yesterday. But uh, you know, we came on, we won three in a row, and we looked like we were making progress. But now, yesterday, we uh, stepped back a bit, pretty bad. So, uh, and the way we lost was because of a stupid throwing error. You don't want to make those mistakes heading in, heading into the last month of the season.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, boy, they got a big, big hole to dig themselves out of—eighteen and a half games out of first.
3: And you lost to the Tigers, and all that.
2: Yeah.
3: Even, I mean, even they got one game once in a while.
2: Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I mean, at least they're playing that better.
3: Division, that division is pitiful. Yeah. yeah. The AL Comedy Central.
2: <laughs> well, the twins are hanging yeah. in there.
3: Yeah, but they're the only team above 500 500 in the division. Everybody else is below, considerably below. You know what I think? I think they should just go back to two divisions. I think it just should be East and West. Forget this central stuff because you're going to get the weak division that doesn't even belong there. You're going to go into playoffs with what kind of a record? Thanks a lot. Go back to two divisions.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got a good point. But the thing about the postseason is you never know. When teams get into the postseason, it's like a new season. Somebody gets hot, they can run away with yeah.
3: it. Yeah, but they did, but they deserve to be there in the first place, though, because you had an anemic record all season. And now, because of the post postseason and three-divisional play, you allow these teams that don't even deserve to be there to get in.
2: Yeah. I mean, it makes up for it. I mean,
3: you have earning it.
2: I know what you're saying, but, you know, when it's it comes to the divisions, no one has control over that.
3: Yeah. But well, you know what makes up with the AL
2: West? The AL West is very yeah. competitive. Yeah, but the AL Central is a joke. Yeah, those uh... – Well, I'll
3: say one thing. The AL West is almost competitive because you got – well, you still got – well, Oakland. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you are out. <laughs> Then again, they went out since late April, anyway. So, yeah. And I think another one that's going to be eliminated within the next couple of days is uh, the Royals.
2: Oh yeah, Royals. Yep. The, yeah. Is it in the Royals and the A's anymore, have, the, have the worst records in the in the entire AL? The Royals yeah. and the Athletics.
3: Gee, what happened in 2015? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, never mind. For those of you who don't remember that, uh, 2015 actually won the World Series against the Mets, and since then, they haven't done a thing.
2: Oof. Yeah, the Yankees—it's yeah. been, it's yeah, been you know, a while for the
3: Yankees too. Yeah, but at least we have three great seasons of 500 baseball.
2: That's true. I mean, and they have an outside shot at- of, of of making 500 this year. They have an outside shot of that. Maybe. Yeah, this I mean... Might
3: be our worst season since 1992.
2: Yeah, I definitely think they need to make some changes when the year's up. I really do. Well, they're going to go fire boom, Yeah, oh, that's they good. probably, at the minimum, they're going to do that. And they got to start picking... They got to start going back and drafting guys that are young and are talented. They, I think the Yankees trade too yeah. much to get the big names. They They do that too often. That's the problem. You know, take a take a page out of the Rays. Gets, I mean, it's okay if you trade and, and get a guy, one or two guys from another team, right? But not yeah. not five, six of your guys, seven of your guys on the starting lineup. You traded again, yeah. cut it down to maybe two or three. That's it, max, max three. Right. That's it. You know, get some in. Homegrown talent. That's when they won in '96 and '98, and the rest of the years. Yeah, that's where it all started. Right when you started you had, grooming some of the young guys. Well,
3: nothing at the lineup you had, you had Tino, you had Jeter, you had you had Bernie, which was which was a clutch hitter.
2: You had Mo. Mo, the dominant pitcher.
3: All oh, except for Look. 2001. Uh,
2: you had Andy Pettit. Yep. You had a lot of guys that were in hunts Is what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. Get back to that. Get back to that. It'll save your payroll of money 20-09. a lot of money too.
3: Just like or 2009. That's
2: only
3: even that was. Even now, that was a long time ago.
2: Yeah, because that's. They just flatline right at right before the all star break. They just flatline. Yeah, after that perfect game that we
3: had back in June, I thought maybe they were on to something. <sighs> wow. And then they have oh. fallen flat. Well, the injury to the injury, of course, you know, to judge I think uh, ruined it.
2: Yeah, the injury to Judge really hurt. And there was a uh, there was another injury that happened too, right around the time the Judge got hurt. Yeah. Stanton, Stanton got hurt too. What a shot. Yeah, I know. But it seemed like that was just the one two punch when they both went out and it was just you had really No will
3: they need to take it they needed to take an insurance policy on him. Because yeah. he is an accident. He is an accident.
2: Yeah, he gets hurt a lot, man. He's too. You he got too much yeah. muscle. Yeah,
3: but he's always injured. You know, he, he's he's accident prone, and that's not what you want on the team. He is. Well, like I said, every p- team has an Achilles heel, and unfortunately, Stanton, he's ours. Oh yeah. And he should have in Florida. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, it's... it's. I wanted to get on your take on that. Day. What do you think about Harrison Bader, the New York player, finding out that he got waived on TV?
3: You couldn't find a better way to do it? You had to embarrass yourself in front of a TV into a TV crowd? Okay. Boy, and they say, I have no class.
2: Ugh. Yeah, I mean... What's going on with the Yankees' front office? Shouldn't you sit someone down and tell them they're waived? I mean, he shouldn't have to find that out on the ESPN ticker he got waived before you tell him. That's terrible. That's not even professionalism. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They need to make some changes at the Yankees. When I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? A guy's watching ESPN and finds out on the ticker he got waived when nobody had the – the decency, and, and like you said, the professionalism to tell him to his face, I'm sorry, we, we're making a change, we're going in another direction. He finds out on an ESPN ticker. That is bad. That's terrible. It is.
3: You know, it's like reminds the school recess. No class.
2: No class. That's right. That's just no, no class. class. But I saw that, I said that, that's, that just shows to me that there's a disconnect between the players and management, a big disconnect. How are you not going to tell him oh, yeah. he got waived? That's just crazy. Well, I
3: mean, you can tell Billy Martin you got fired for the fifth time on national television, so I guess uh, they do the same thing here. Okay.
2: I mean, that's part of sports. Unfortunately, that's part of it is telling people
3: yeah.
2: they get traded, they get cut. You have to tell them yeah. first.
3: But only Once there. you make a
2: decision – to move on from someone, once that's agreed upon between yourself, the GM, or the team privately, then you got to tell the player. That's 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 the way it goes. It's unfortunate. No one likes to be cut. Nobody. No. You know, in most cases, most people don't want to be traded. Some do do want to get traded, but usually mm-hmm. those moves are usually not moves that people warrant. In most cases. No. So you got to be man enough to tell them what's up. Yes, that's,
3: I mean, that's your job as a manager, isn't it? It's
2: your job as a manager, job as a front office, job as a yeah. as a professional sports league. You have to tell players they got cut, they got traded. You know they are in your reserve, whatever it is. You got to communicate right. that to them. It it gets sooner a ticker. Come on, <laughs> that's terrible. And I I one thousand percent believe him. I one thousand percent. Believe him. I don't think that would be something you would lie about. No. You better not. I'm gonna cost you your job. Yeah, and then (laughs) he sees on a ticker and then no one even gave him some no one even gave him a heads up. So then the reporter asked him first before he got a chance to even talk to the front office about it. (laughs) Is anything sacred in baseball anymore? (laughs) That's crazy, man. The Yankees got to do better, man. And that's, that's my team. You got to do better. You got to do better. On you the line side, though,
3: um, I, don't pay I don't know if you pay attention to last week's Little League game, but, oh, boy, this one this one, you, know, you can tell your grandkids about. Okay. Game is tied. 5-5 going into the bottom of the sixth. Now, there's only six things in Little League in regulation. So, they go, they get this kid from California. Shares my name, thank goodness. Count is one and one well one and oh, He hits the game winning home run, goes right out in, right out in the left field. Oh brother. Wow. What a shot. Pulling an that's like pulling an Aaron Boone or a or the Giants from the Pen or a Bucky Dent. Unbelievable. You you had to you had to see it.
2: Yeah. And rem- and no matter what happens to Aaron Boone, speaking of that, he'll always be remembered for hitting that home run against the Boston Red Sox.
3: This was just as good. Yeah. This was this was for the World Series championship. It was like, touch them all, Joe, you'll never have a bigger one than that. <laughs> Why do I always to stop doing that? Only that moment was ticked off.
2: So yeah, I'm curious. I, what do you got cooking this that, weekend?
3: I remember that game, and I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! I can't be it. Can't be. Oh my god! Eesh, what a way to lose a game! Oh boy! So yeah, uh, we'll, discuss, we'll discuss the last of the uh, NFL cuts that happened on, which happened uh, Thursday. Uh, we'll recap. We'll recap that Lily World Series. We'll also recap the Tour Championship the official end of the PGA season. I think. Unless you count the right unless you count the Ryder Cup. Uh FIBA World Basketball. College football. Our first NFL picks for the Thursday night's game. Get ready guys. I know I am. Uh US Open. Ooh. Who's the Yankee one day? Hmm. I can see it now. Whoa's the Yankee. the Yankee? Oh boy. You get the point. Um and of course our regular features. Also included will be our monthly standings and our monthly calendar because every month though, I would keep up on that. Like I said, the feel good start of the week, uh the ridiculous sign of the week. Sports trivia. This week in sports history. And uh anything else I can possibly think of on a two hour show. I hope I can get it all in. <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a doozy this week. So dial 512-543-4662 between 4 and 6 p.m. tomorrow. And, yes, there is a show even on the fact that it is Labor Day weekend. But that's I almost right. never stop. Oops, I can't say that.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. Labor Day, Day weekend,
2: weekend week. folks. You got to make sure you call in.
3: Yeah. But remember, five I remember one... guys, the, five, the five-minute rule goes back into effect because college and pro football season – on the way, and I want to get my uh, predictions all in.
0: Yeah. So Otherwise, definitely. Next,
3: let's go next. Let's
2: <laughs> So, yeah, it's 512-543-4662. Again, it's 512-543. I remember also on YouTube. Yep, 4662. And the YouTube channel, the Enhanced Sports Show. Make sure you check him out tomorrow between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Even on Labor Day weekend, Lou will be there. So make sure you support yeah. him. Check him out tomorrow. We only close for holidays and emergencies only. That's right. So you heard from Lou, the enhanced sports show. He's going to be there tomorrow, so make sure you guys are there too. Because tomorrow, I think we're going to need it. <laughs> That's right. Going to kick off the big big sports month right at the Enhanced Sports Show and check them out on YouTube too.
3: Remember, dial call, put in YouTube and type in the Enhanced Sports Show and voila.
2: That's right. You can't miss them. So make sure you check them out. Four and six tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time Zone. That's correct.
3: All right, Alan. Thanks.
2: Oh, you're welcome, Lou. Always a pleasure. You have a great, fantastic Labor Day weekend. Good night, Sam. All right. Take it easy now. All right, so that's our great caller, Lou. Really appreciate Lou. Make sure you guys check him out tomorrow between 4 and 6 p.m. Saturday on the Enhanced Sports Show. Catch him on YouTube, and you can also call in. So make sure you guys do that. It's going to be a great, great show for you guys. And we're going to continue our fantastic show here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We're going to go ahead and kick off debut right now. A Sam Skola song, NFL football. This is a tribute to all you guys to kickstart your NFL season, which officially starts Thursday. Thursday will be the first game of the year. That's the Lions versus Chiefs. Thursday. September 7th at 8.20 p.m. So make sure you guys, wishing you guys the best of wishes for your fantasy football leagues. But it is going to be the start of the football season. And no better way than kick it off and having Sam Scola, the NFL football debut song, to kickstart the NFL season for all of you. So this is Sam Scola. Make sure you guys, with Sam Scola, you reach out to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We'll make sure we make it happen where you guys connect. And he deserves that big, mega contract. He's got some great songs. It's a hidden gem. Scola out of Maine. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. This is NFL football by Sam Scola, folks. NFL
1: football. Titans, Texas Steelers, Raiders, Jaguars, all in the AFC, NFL football, Thursday, And there's gotta kind of fuck me
2: Definitely. That is fantastic. Really appreciate Sam Scola with that great song, NFL Football by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. Guys, got to reach out to me. We need to make sure we get him signed up, lock it down, because my man is going big things there in Maine. So reach out to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We'll connect you to Sam. Make things happen. Really appreciate you, Sam Scola. Thank you so much. Yeah, so definitely the NFL season is about to begin. And you would think that because the preseason games have been over, there's a little bit of a break, that things would have kind of been calm and collective. But one big news that came out today is that the Tampa Bay Bucs are trying to make a deal with Mike Evans. And he's saying if they don't make a deal by September 9th, then it's going to be, pretty much in in jeopardy for the Bucks to sign him. Mike Evans is, is basically stating that he wants to be a Buck for life. And the Bucks are, you know, I guess dragging their feet, as they would say, to make this deal happen. September 9th is the deadline. He wants to get this wrapped up. I would say on this side that if they don't come to terms on a deal, this would actually be a loss on both sides. I can't really say it's going to be a loss just on the Bucks. It'll be a loss on Mike Evans too, because if they get this deal done, he becomes a lifetime buck. He goes ahead and puts himself in a category, you know, of a Derrick Brooks. What I mean by that is he puts himself in a category where he's lifelong buck, going to be a future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer too. I know that first ballot, <laughs> you can't really stamp it on a lot of guys, but Mike Evans is a guy that... Barring anything happening, he's going to be first ballot and he should be first ballot. Now, granted he has to have, I would say at least a three or four year deal and does really well with those years, but continuing what he's already been doing, it's going to be first ballot. You know, that's just the way it's trending. So if they don't get this deal done, it's going to be bad on Mike Evans because he's going to have to play for a team, not the bucks, which is what he doesn't want. And, that can actually, just making a trade late in your career can actually hurt your Hall of Fame chances. The reason why is because people kind of look at your last three or four years on a new team and they use that as the barometer of whether you should make it or not. That's not usually the case in all cases. So it won't be a good thing for Mike Evans. And it also won't be good for the Bucks because, hey, you want somebody like a Mike Evans Someone you drafted as a first-round pick to see it all the way through to the end of his career, doing things by your, doing things right, and becoming a, a future Hall of Famer, and becoming in the, cer- the ring of, of honor in the Bucks. You want that as an organization, so you don't want somebody like Mike Evans leaving, and possibly getting a, a ring someplace else. And Mike Evans, you don't want to go someplace else because you kind of lose that status of being on the same team. So I hope this deal gets done for both sides. It won't be a great thing on both sides if it doesn't. But I hope that cooler heads prevail and they make this deal, as he said, by the 9th. Time's running out because it's already September 1st. And that was unexpected, but it came out today. Another deal that was really caught my attention was the for those who don't know, TJ Hawkinson signed a new four-year deal with the Vikings, making him the number one highest paid tight end in the NFL. He signs, you know, this deal was a monster, monster deal. In this deal, he got a total extension of sixty eight point five million for a four-year deal with an average annual value of seventeen. 1.125 Point one two five million, and he became he just sur- surpassed the New York Giants tight end Darren Waller for the highest tight end in a position in the NFL this signing actually shocked me it, it, and it shocked me of the amount of money they paid him I mean not to be dissing TJ Hawkinson but I have to call it the way it is I have to be honest here TJ Hawkinson was actually my tight end for fantasy football, so I followed his stats and I followed his his games, you know. When I'm not and not in just looking at the fantasy football stats, just looking at the games and what his production was, you know, he, he just didn't do that great. I'm just being real; he dropped a lot of balls, a lot. He dropped a lot of passes, and yeah, he had the one big game for Minnesota. he caught like three touchdowns, but man. You, Look how many balls you drop versus you had one good game. That don't make you great. It's like in golf. Someone could usually shoot in the hundreds, and in one day they have everything lined up perfectly for them. They shoot in the low 90s, or they even shoot in the high 80s. That don't make you a great golfer. I mean, you had one great day. Things may have went your way that day. The ball dropped that day. But I was really shocked at the n- amount of numbers. And the amount that they paid him, I mean, that's just the highest-paid tight end in the league. Over Darren Waller, Darren Waller should 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 have kept that spot because T.J. Hoskinson shouldn't have came nowhere near that. I i just it just boggles the mind, and I can give Detroit Lions credit; they wasn't gonna pay him that type of money, and they let him go. And I'm sure, seeing his contract, they're probably even happy happier now because. That's just way overpaying for someone. And the reason why this is such a big deal is because over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how the running backs are not getting paid, how they're being disrespected by the NFL. This is not a good look. You pay someone who doesn't deserve a four-year deal this type of money, and a guy like Josh Jacobs got to hold out for him to get a one-year, 12-year, $12 million contract. And then you had another player who had to hold out to get... His and that's Saquon Barkley got around a you know ten and a half million for one and both they say a one year deals. So you're not gonna pay the running back a decent you know wage and give him at least a multi year deal, but you're gonna pay T.J. Hawkinson a four year deal, <laughs> seventeen point one two five million a year. I mean that's just if that's not shouting out something is wrong, I, I don't get it. And to me, no disrespect, TJ Hopkinson is barely in the top 10. And I would even put him outside the top 10 if, if I went across the league. You know, there, there's guys in the XFL that I feel can do better than TJ Hopkinson. Call up my man Cody Latimer for the Orlando Guardians. I think he could do better. I just, It just shocks me. It just, It just, that was just, so no, I don't agree with those terms. The four-year deal is fine if you want to give him that, but definitely not $17, 17 million a year. I, I just, that shocked me right there. But yeah, in NFL, that is right. Unfortunately, this was the week of the final cuts, the 53-man roster. People who uh, are on a 53-year-man Roster for the NFL. Props to all of those men who made it this far. You know, it, it's it's amazing because it's hard to make it this far in in the NFL. You know, for you to make the opening roster is just tough. It's so much competitive. There was a few guys in the XFL who made it. There was a few that didn't make it, so keep your heads up for the guys who didn't. Stay ready, stay hungry, because you never know when your time's gonna come. Keep a positive attitude, keep on grinding, because you just never know. And watch that movie, The American Underdog, starring Kurt Kurt Warner. You just never know when your time is gonna come, so you just gotta have faith, and things will work itself out. So props to anybody who's made the NFL. 53-man roster. What we're going to do right now in the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show is go ahead and switch gears. We're going to talk a bit about baseball, a little bit more in baseball. And for those who don't know, Ronald Acuna got married and also <laughs> said they became the first Major League Baseball player ever, first Major League Baseball player ever to hit 30 home runs and sixty stolen bases in a season. That is outstanding. We're gonna go ahead and talk and give Ronald Kuna his props. So props to Ron Kuna. Congratulations on your wedding. Congratulations on making history. Yeah, that's that's remarkable. And the big number to that to me is a 60 stolen bases, you know, stealing bases is almost like a lost art in baseball. It's really awesome that Ronald is definitely doing his thing around the bases, 60 stolen bases, big, you know, that's, that's very impressive. 30 home runs, you know, so it, it's something that is awesome. I mean, I'm glad that I was able to see him do it. And he did it in, in my era, which you wouldn't think with the Ricky Henderson's Lou Brock saying he 60 stolen bases and 30 home runs. That's that's wonderful. But which wasn't so wonderful. He was been a lot in this week for Ronald Acuna. You had his wedding. You had history. And then a few days before that, you had an unusual fan encounter where somebody ran on the field, gave him a hug. Then he had so much time that he was just hanging out there, giving a hug, de- talking to him. One of his buddies jumped on the field and ran up, and then he tried to come in and give him a hug. And by the time he got up to Ron O'Kuna, security finally stepped in and intercepted. But that wasn't until after they pushed Ronald O'Kuna down. In- inadvertently, that is, with the may- mayhem. Let me just say this, folks. Stay off the field. I mean, I know we're living in a society where... You get rewarded when you go viral. You get props for likes, doing silly stuff, but stay off the field, okay? First and foremost, okay, yes, you might get some likes, you might get some views, but is it really worth denigrating and diminishing yourself? That thing that you're doing might be fun for a day, maybe for a week, you might be on a high, but the second week, you might be like, why did I do that? Third week was like you might kind of hug yourself for doing it. Then a few months later, someone finds about it at your new workplace. Don't trade, as I mentioned several times before, don't trade a short-term game for a long-term loss. Just don't do it. Short-term game, long-term loss. It's not worth going viral. I'll say that much. You have to be diligent on yourself to just say no. And What's up with the security? I mean, come on, man. I mean, yes, I get it that he was not looking to harm Ronald Kuna, but let's say they were. You have to be quicker with intercepting those type of interactions. I'm sorry. It was too much time. It was way too much time. You have to move quicker. And if guys you have on your staff that are not moving quick enough, then you got to replace them. I know, you know, retired police officers, you, but you might get it and have to get some young guys in there. I mean, you need some people that can actually do the job and be security. Hey, you you got to stop this. I mean, come on. He, you know, he he's hugging him up. Then his friends coming in. I mean, it's like they're having a party in center field. Like, come on, man. You got to do better. You got to do some better security. I'm sorry. With all due respect, you got to do better. I mean, maybe you ain't got to do like, some of these guys flying like they're in the NFL doing a tackle like that, but you have to do better. You have to do better. And people stay off the field. I've actually been at a game and someone jumped on the field.
0: <laughs>
2: this was on the raise. I was I don't know how this worked itself out, but I was sitting by the third base side. This is prior to when they had the big fences and stuff. But the guy literally to the right of me jumped over the seats and just ran on the field with no shirt on. And they went ahead and tackled. They did a much better job than I would say what they did with Ronald Akuda. But I was right next to him. And I I just couldn't believe that I was standing right, ne- literally right next to somebody who just jumped on the field. I mean, he wasn't sitting next to me the whole game but he ran right past me to jump onto the field. You know, we, I was only about, I would say about three or three or four rows, maybe five rows back from, from the foul line. So I wasn't far back and he just, I could feel his wind when he ran past, he puts it like that. (laughs) And we don't need to see that. You know, they do go to commercial. I get that, but, Come on, guys, get your security on. And, you know, a lot of people don't like to give this person his props because of the history, but I'm going to go ahead and give him his props. Congratulations to Jose Atuve for hitting the first cycle in Major League Baseball in the last 10 years. I mean, that just shows you how hard it is to hit a cycle. He hit the first cycle in over 10 years. That was a feat that I really wanted to achieve when I was playing baseball is to hit a cycle. I really wanted to hit a cycle, but it's not that easy because you got to get a triple in there, a home run, a double, and a single. I, I think the home run might be the easiest, not the easiest. I wouldn't say the easiest one, but – that's the more that you can see happening more often. A triple is hard to get, you know. Jose Altuve hit the first cycle in the last 10 years. Think about how many players and how many innings are in the in Major League Baseball and he got the first cycle in 10 years. So that's that's a big thing. So props to Jose Altuve. I mean, that's doesn't come around too often you see a cycle in Major League Baseball and he was able to pull it off. So props. And you know, I touched on this earlier with Lou. Come on, Yankees. I would say not even just the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees did have this blunder. Let me just explain to you, for those who don't know. Harrison Bader, New York Yankee player, found out while watching ESPN, looking at the, the below the screen, the little banner, we all know what we're talking about, that the Yankees waived him. I mean, that's just, and then, before he could talk to anybody, the reporter asked him, and why he's like shocked, and he tells him you know that he didn't know until he saw the 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 banner below, which is very unprofessional by the Yankees on top of that, the cameraman shows him, and <laughs> we all now know the tigers wi fi code because the cameraman had it his 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 back right next to the wi fi code, you know they could have just asked him to step over to the right a little bit or zoomed in into his face. I've done interviews in the locker room and I've had to be the cameraman. So believe me in you, sometimes you got to zone in and zoom into the guy's face. Even if you give a little bit past his face to the right or left, you could run into problems. This is where camera skills come into play where you got to zoom into their face. I cannot, I won't say on the radio, if you run into me off camera or or not on the show, I will tell you what happened privately. But I'll just say it like this. If you're going to interview people in the locker room, make sure you have your hand on that zoom where you can instantly go right to their face because (laughs) there's a lot of stuff. Even just giving a little bit more on the frame on the right or left can be disaster. And this this wasn't a little bit, you could clearly see the whole Wi-Fi passcode for the Tiger Stadium. So at least if they don't change it, you go to Tiger Stadium, you'll be able to get free (laughs) Wi-Fi. But yeah, that's that's what's going on in Major League Baseball. I'll keep you guys up to date. And things are, are ending off. The year really soon it's baseball season is coming to an end Still going to keep grinding keep hoping and praying that i get an opportunity to go ahead and give you guys some coverage for the rays before the season ends i'm going to keep the positive attitude that it's going to work itself out we will get that access and we will give you some real deal holy field stuff on the alan alfred sports talk show We're going to continue speaking of real deal, Holyfield. We're going to talk a bit about about boxing. There's actually quite a bit that has happened in the boxing arena. I'll talk to you all about that, break it all down. And let me give you a phone number here if you want to chime in. It's 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. Feel free to give me your opinions, chime in on any topic. What we're going to do now is going to play Another great Sam Scola song for you guys. We're gonna take a little break. We're gonna play a sports theme song by Sam Scola. Can't forget about Sam Scola, folks. Make sure you reach out to me. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary from Maine. His sports theme song. I'm coming right back. Don't go anywhere. Hold that thought. This is sports theme by Sam Scola. Taking a little break. Thank you, Sam Scola. Sports team song by Sam Scola, folks. We need to get that deal done. Let's go ahead and make it happen. Reach out to me, Alan Alford, here at the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. We'll put your connection with Sam. If P. Diddy's out there listening, this is your guy. So yeah, a lot is going on with the boxing world. A lot going on. And the big controversy that happened this week was the Usyk versus the boys, and there was a beltline punch. This punch, basically, for those who don't know, Usyk went down. He was in a lot of pain. They called it a low blow, and time was called. Usyk was milking that time, and Usyk came back and went to win by TKO against the boys, and. That was a controversy that it was not a low blow and people saying it was a low blow. I will say this much. Let me start from the top. First and foremost, this is the reason why I don't like fights where it's in someone's hometown. Let me just call for what it is. Whether it's an American fighting or whether it's somebody from overseas, I just feel as if it's just too corrupt. Let me just call for what it is. It's too corrupt. Someone is fighting in their hometown. Everybody's leaning towards that guy winning and vice versa. Guy fights, you know, somebody from America fights. Someone is from another country comes and fights here. It's slanted for the Americans. Somebody from America goes to their country. It's slanted for their country. And the reason why I say this is because you could clearly see the the judge, the referee, was slated towards Usyk winning. Let me start from the furry top. The referee did a poor job. He did not distinguish what is a low blow or not. That's part of your job. Like, I know sometimes people forget the simple things of their job, but those simple things are big things. When you, when the guys get in the center of the ring, you look at each guy's belt and you tell them right off the bat, okay, the belt line is good. Anything, your, your shorts are... Are too high the belt line is good your shorts are a little low anything above the belt is is good so if the basic the person hits you at your belt line is a foul if they hit you if your pants are right where they should be you would say on the belt is a foul if their pants are the shorts where they should be if they're not you would say okay here's good here is good here's not You would clarify it. So he hit him right on the belt line. And to me, that was a good shot. Or it could have been borderline. It's so judgmental because you don't know where the foul line is. Now, to me, Usyk wears his shorts a little on the high side. So I would have made the distinction. The belt line, if you hit him right on this belt line, is good. Anything below the belt line is a foul. And that punch was right on the belt line. So that's the referee's bad, number one. And number two, to me, that shot was legal. It was right on the belt line. I mean, I, I don't see anything illegal with that shot. Yes, a lot of guys who are, don't like to get hit, as they say, European guys don't like to get hit in the body. But that was a legal body shot. It was right on the belt line. And again, Usyk tends to wear his his shorts a little on the high side. So that, to me, was a a legit shot. It was a legit shot. It was not a low blow. So I do think it was a legal punch. I do think the ref did a poor job. I also do think Du Bois is doing – he's trying to take credit for a win, though that he didn't really win. What I mean by that was, yes, that would have been a legal shot. We don't know if Usyk would have stayed down if the ref started counting. I believe Usyk would have gotten up. But you can't say, to me, I don't buy the notion that one thing did not go your way in a fight, or and because of that reason, you lost the fight. Okay, you had other rounds to punch him in the in the body, maybe a little bit above that, that would have been fine and maybe would have affected him. You can't start fighting someone and say, "Oh, I should have won on that and now I'm not going to fight the hardest because this is not fair." You can't have that mindset. You got to go ahead and keep moving. For example, when Terence Crawford fought Errol Spence, he didn't stop at just one knockdown. He kept going after it. You got to keep going after the win and you can't use excuses. And not only that, to me, you didn't deserve to win. Okay, not only did you get knocked down twice after that, but also the last knockdown, does a, does your corner really need to tell you to take your time, and then you start getting up at the count of nine? It's You know what I mean? Okay, let me break this down for everybody so they understand this when it comes to boxing. Okay? I'm going to give you some inside information, and it's going to be for free. When you are boxing and you do get knocked down and the ref starts counting, stay down and start making your way up at the count of seven. Don't wait till eight. Wait till, wait till seven. When he gets to seven, start getting up because, you know, you might be big. You, you know, it might take you a little bit longer to get up. Start at the count of seven. Take a breather. When he gets to seven, get up on your feet. Look the ref in the, in, in the eye and say I want to continue. Look him in the eyes and say I want to continue. Make your body language, make yourself clear that you wish to continue. There is no doubt that you want to continue to fight. But if you get up at seven, you run you. That's good because you're taking a risk. If you get knocked down, yes, you should always take your time. Let me repeat that. Even if it's a flash knockdown and you do you. Lose your balance, and the ref calls that a knockdown. And you're not really hurt. Take your time. There's no rush because at that point it's a 10-8 round anyway. Take your time. Get up at seven. I want to continue, ref. Let him know that you know. Make it clear. I want this fight to continue. Don't make it. Don't make it a judgment. See that that nine. Yes, and and that was another thing. The ref again. It was a hometown win. He, you got up at nine, and I do believe that you didn't beat the count in time. I would have said to the, I would have let him get up if it was me, and said, "Hey, do you you just made the count? Do you want to continue?" And of course, you would have said yes, and said, "Okay," I would have let it go, because I don't want it to be, you know, on me, so to speak. I want the guys in the ring to determine who wins or loses. To me, the ref did a poor job because you did beat the count. And yes, it was. I'll say this much: you beat the count, but you made it too close for comfort. Because then you have to see the thing is like this: when you're judged on a judgmental basis on a, something that can be, you know, someone's opinion, you have to sometimes do your best to take it out of their hands. Start your getting up at at seven. This way, you clearly I want to continue. Ref, you clearly make it obvious your desire to continue. If you have to look at your corner to tell for them to tell you to take your time and you got up at nine, I mean, that's just that shows inexperience that shows to me you're not ready for this stage. You're not a champion yet. You don't get up at nine. Get up at seven. And you don't need your corner to tell you that you should know that as a fighter. So I just gave you guys all that free advice. You know what? Make sure you at least subscribe to my YouTube channel. Alan Alford, sure, type in Alan Alford, A-L-A-N-A-L-F-O-R-D, right there in YouTube. Hit subscribe. Hey, I, I hooked you up. You got hooked hook me up. So free advice. And continuing on with boxing, I'll just say that much so that it's clear. I don't buy Dubois' excuse. It's all excuses. You got up at nine. You put in a ref's hand. You let a judgment call affect you. I'm not buying any of that excuse either. You lost the fight. Next time, be smarter. This is chess, not checkers. You know what I'm saying? The other news is Errol Spence Jr. did activate his rematch clause with Terrence Bud Crawford. I said this when he lost the fight, that Errol Spence... Let me just say this much. I'll give props to Errol Spence for at least having the gumpture to go ahead and sign up for a rematch and go through this process again. I'll give props for that. Let me do that first and foremost. I mean, if he wants to go through – the torment of having to answer all these questions again, and then also have to sell this fight again after that slam dunk loss. I got to give him credit for that. Having said that, I don't agree with this move. I get it. You want to make some money. Your team wants to make money. But you got to start looking at your health, your longevity, and also keeping that mystique. If you come in here, to me, the best you could hope for with a guy skilled as Terrence Crawford, really the best you could hope for is to last the whole 12 rounds on your feet and you lose by a unanimous decision. That's like the best thing that can happen to you because to me, you're not going to learn those skills that Terrence Crawford has in three, four, five, six months. It's just not going to happen. You know, as long as Terrence prepares well, does not take this fight lightly, treats his fight as if he didn't win the first fight and also treats his fight with some new wrinkles as if you're a new opponent, Terrence Broad Crawford should win this fight. It's as clear as day. He should win. and, I think this fight's going to be much harder to sell, too, because most people are going to think the same way I think, that as long as Terrence does what he's supposed to do, comes in well-prepared, he should win this fight. And it's just a matter of how it's going to end. Was going to be ended with knockouts or it's going to be a unanimous decision? That's really the only question I have. Is it going to be a, just, you know, a stoppage again or is it going to be a unanimous decision? I think it's going to be a stoppage. That's what I think it's going to be, because... Terrence Bud Crawford cannot take this fight lightly. And the reason why he cannot take this fight lightly is because he said and and Canelo agreed that, that he would fight Terrence at one sixty eight. So assuming Canelo beats Charlotte, which I think he will, but let's say he does beat him, then that would mean that really Terrence Crawford would only have two fights left to end his career. The rematch and in fighting Canelo at 168, he wins that fight at 168, he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. Three-time unified champion in three different weight classes, that would make him 42-0. and 0. He's going out as a GOAT. And that's his mindset. He wants to wrap up his career. You know, I thought he would have to fight Charlotte 154, but being that is willing to take 168, he could go ahead and fight him at 168, and that's it. So, the reason why Terrence cannot take this light, fight lightly is because he has to make short work of Errol, and he has to stay sharp for fighting Canelo. So, he's kind of have to look right here to make sure he secures the other fight there. And if, if you're Terrence Crawford, you got to have that dog in you. You can't take it lightly because you don't want Errol to hurt you. And also you don't want, you don't want people to say that the first fight was a fluke because then, you know what people are going to say then? Oh, well, you know, Errol was dehydrated. They're going to try to take away the first fight. So, make it convincing, slam dunk, bring the dog out, and then that's it. What Errol should have done, in my opinion, is he should have passed on the rematch. He wouldn't have looked to me bad because you're going to 154. You have some built-in excuses. You're going to 154. You lost to Terrence Crawford. And, you know, you just felt as if it was just best for you to move on. I felt as if Errol Spence should fight Keith Thurman, which I said before, he would have at least a 60% chance of winning that fight. I would say clearly a 60% chance of winning against Keith Thurman. And I really like Keith Thurman, but let's just call for what it is. Just not nothing personal or anything. I just think if Errol fights Keith, I give a chance of winning of 60%. He fights Terrence, I give him a 3% chance. If he fights Boots, I also give him a 60% chance of winning Errol. If he fights Tim Zhu, it actually goes down to 50%. I give Errol a 50% chance. Not as good of a chance as the other two. And the reason being, because I mentioned this before, Tim Zhu actually does have a very good punch. He's a pressure fighter, consistent pressure fighter, unlike the other two guys who are going to try to outbox you. They're not going to just, like, press you the whole time. And being that Errol has shown that he has lapses in defense, Uh, Yeah, at 154, I give Tim Zhu a 50% chance of winning that fight. A better chance, I feel as if Tim Zhu would be a better fight or a more of a challenge that Errol could actually get a loss in is against Tim Zhu. I don't feel as if if he fights Boots or he fights Keith Thurman, the chance of losing, I I don't feel as if the the risk is as great. But it is a, a real risk fighting Tim Zhu. And with Terrence, that's just not a good idea, doing a rematch. But to each his own, some people, you got to learn the hard way, I guess. You know, it's just, you have to go through that process all over again. Yes, he to answer his question. And you know what the number one question would be? Why should someone invest in this fight knowing that you lost the first fight by a slant slide? He actually asked... Act- him and his trainer have to go through that process and answer that question. They have to sell us into why we should believe Errol has a chance of winning this fight the second time around. Because based on the merits alone, let's say it wasn't in a contract. I understand it was in a contract. And props to Terrence as well as Errol for having this in a contract. But props to Terrence also for you know basically taking it like, okay, if he doesn't honor the contract, I will whole man in a bargain. You know, he wasn't any negativity towards it from Terrence, but based on the actual fight itself, not talking about what was in the contract, just watching this fight based on the merits. It does not, Errol did not fight himself into a rematch where it's a closed contested fight. It was, you know, could have went either way or one bad break break, cause the other person to win, this was not that case at all. It was a slam dunk. So based on the fight itself, Errol did not earn a rematch. So he's going to have to answer that tough question. And I'm curious to see what the answer will be. But I don't feel as if this, I think he will watch this fight, but I don't think it's going to be to have the hoopla and all the paparazzi as well as celebrities come down to watch it. I just don't see it. I don't see it as much. Yes, there'll be some, but I just don't. I just see it. We'll see, though. I'll keep you posted. And Jared Big Baby Anderson wins another fight. So let me go ahead and give him his props. Jared Big Baby Anderson wins another fight. Yeah, I got to give Jared credit because he did take some of the criticism that people gave him and you could tell he improved number one he wasn't just head hunting he actually was just body hunting (laughs) he was he made sure that he stayed down to the body which is very good a lot of guys just want to head hunt it felt as if jared was going out a road but he mixed in a lot of body punches he also used some more boxing IQ, which is very good. He used some feints. He used some bobble, you know, bob his head a bit. He was had more of a presence defensively, too. You know, you got to have some good defense. You just can't take shots all day long. He improved in all of those. Is it, you know, perfection? Not yet, but he is working there. And I would just like him when he takes a step back to keep his hands up, you know, but he'll learn that he is improving. I know that when it comes to improving, it's not overnight. So it's a process, but definitely big props to him. A vast improvement. You know, you, you the knockouts will still be there. You're just going at them in a smarter way. And you need to learn these skills because as you face better competition, your competition is going to know these things too. So it's good that you're implementing changes And not just trying to knock everybody's head off because some of the more skilled guys, you know, that won't happen. Or it could happen, but you got to set it up. So props Sam. him. I love everything in that fight back. And I'm going to try to see what I can do to cover one of Jared's fights down the road. I'll keep you guys up to date with that. But, yeah, we're going to go ahead and by the grace of God, we have some great things coming up next week. I won't spoil the surprise. But next week is going to be a big, big week for us here at the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. And I'm wrapping up a video that I've already finished. I'm just waiting for the final edits. And I'll put that up for you guys, too. So keep an eye out for that and check that on Alan Alford right there at YouTube. Just type in Alan Alford. You'll see our show logo. And you just go ahead and subscribe. Just be ready because it's going to drop soon. More videos coming up. And let me go ahead and give you this phone number. 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. That's our show number. So you can have it ready for next week. So what we'll do here is go ahead and remind you guys. haven't done so already make sure you check out chef g's florida barbecue sauce chef g's you can find them at 301 south 22nd street and the sauce you can get at flbbqsauce.com flbbqsauce.com and chef g's florida barbecue sauce got four great flavors classic honey mustard heat wave and fusion they're delicious This is a world-renowned chef here, Chef G's, and he's got some other great things. he got some Florida sand and brick. Go check that out at the website or visit him at 301 South 22nd Street. I'll play that song again, G's Florida Barbecue Sauce by Sam Scholar. Really appreciate Sam Skola and Mary. Right out of Maine. I don't know what you guys are waiting for. You need to get your Chef G's barbecue sauce and call me up for Sam Skola. Let me play that Sam Scola, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song.
1: Comes in four varieties. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and. Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. Chef cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. Chef Chef cheese, Florida barbecue
0: sauce.
2: There you go. Sam Scola, Chef G's, Florida Bark Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Really appreciate Sam Scola. Really appreciate Chef G's. And we really appreciate Lou for calling in. Also, definitely appreciate you guys for listening to another great episode of the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. A lot more things coming up this week. Keep you guys posted. If you haven't done so already, please Like us on Facebook at Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Alan Alford. Really appreciate all of you guys. You guys are wonderful. It's always been a pleasure and always a pleasure to do the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. Make sure you guys have a safe, happy Labor Day weekend. Enjoy this long weekend. I will see you again next Friday. Enjoy the NFL kickoff. Really appreciate Sam Scola for all the songs, the NFL football song, to kickstart the season. So make sure you guys make those moves, do big things. NFL season is right around the corner. Best wishes to everybody, everybody zero-zero. So definitely you guys have a great night, great holiday weekend, and be blessed, be well, take care of yourself. Until we meet again, we're going to close out with another great song by Sam Scola. He's going to close us out and make sure you guys reach out to me to hear Alan Alfred's Sports Talk Show. So this is Sam Scola, the end of the show song. You guys be blessed, be well, enjoy your Labor Day weekend.